0: The title of today's message is uh, The Cross Speaks of Substitution. And in Mark chapter 15, that's where we're going to find our text. And I'm going to read a few verses and then we're going to just talk about it. In Mark chapter 15, in verse 29, it says, The people passing by shouted, abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice. Eli, Eli, Lema Sabatine, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Now, many view this third statement we're looking at today as the most moving or disturbing of all the statements that Jesus made on the cross. In verse 34, it says that at 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice Eli, Eli, Lema Sabatine, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When Jesus uttered these words, he uttered them with such a deep emotion that even though he was in such a weakened state hanging on the cross, yet he found the strength and the energy to raise his voice and not to say, but to shout with a loud voice. My God, my God, why have you abandoned Abandoned me or forsaken me. Jesus was asking his father a very penetrating question. And as we continue looking at the cross today. Let's be reminded that that Jesus knows what it's like to feel abandoned. Have you ever been abandoned? Have you ever felt deserted? It's what Jesus was feeling. Abandonment means to be rejected, deserted to be let go or forsaken. And in the last 24 hours of Jesus's life, he suffered great abandonment or rejection, didn't he? I mean, here in this passage, it tells us that Jesus was abandoned by the bystanders. In verse 29, the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Now, these bystanders were probably many Jewish people who had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They were his people. So now Jesus is being rejected or abandoned by his own people. You ever been there? I mean, he's he's betrayed by Judas. He's deserted by the disciples. His own race, his own Jewish people are turning their back on him. Jesus was abandoned by the religious leaders, the the Bible tells us. In verse 31, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. They mocked him as well. You know, the the scribes and the the priests, they were were the teachers of the law. They were the modern day equivalent of your pastor or your church leadership. Have you ever experienced rejection? There are people that experience rejection. Rejection and desertion from even church leadership. That's what Jesus was experiencing here. Jesus was also abandoned by by those who looked very closest to him. The Bible says in verse 32, the latter part, that even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. I mean, Jesus couldn't find a friend anywhere. There was no support. He felt all alone. He felt All by himself. Have you ever felt like that? Is that a real deal or not? Where you can't even, you seem like you can't find a friend. You can't find one supporter. Have you ever felt like everybody walked out on you? Come on, are y'all with me out there? Doesn't it happen way too often in life? Maybe this will kind of help bring it home. What about the wife who's been abandoned by her husband? Or the husband who's been abandoned by, the, by, her, by his wife? The children whose parents just walk out on them. The parents who suffer abandonment from their own children, who just turn their backs on them, won't call them, won't seek them out, won't, won't say hi to them, totally abandoned The boyfriends that get abandoned by the girlfriends. The girlfriends. Do you know this abandonment, this betrayal, this rejection is everywhere. Right now in this city, there are people getting rejected and abandoned. There's some of us sitting in this room that have been rejected and been abandoned whenever we were in elementary on the school ground and we still suffer the consequences of it. Is this real? It is real. One of the greatest hurts and a heart can endure is the betrayal, the rejection, and the abandonment of people that you love the most, that you trust the most. If you ever wondered if anyone knows what, you, what you're feeling, if anyone understands, you can look at this passage of Scripture and remember that Jesus knows what it's like to be abandoned. He knows what it's like to be all by himself. He knows what it's like for those that are closest to him to turn their back on him. He knows what it's like to be betrayed from his closest friends and companions. Jesus knows what it feels like to be deserted. Hebrews four fifteen says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Jesus can sympathize with our weakness. In other words, Jesus understands the pain of betrayal, the pain of rejection, the pain of being deserted. That's what he suffered on the cross. Why did he say, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Because he felt all alone. And Listen, the cross also reminds us that Jesus knows what it's like to feel abandoned by God. By God. Remember, his question was, not to the thieves, why have you deserted me? Not to the crowd, why have you rejected me? His prayer, his cry was, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The greatest struggle Jesus was feeling was the feeling, not, not the pain, not the torture, not the humiliation. The greatest, the greatest struggle Jesus was feeling is feeling being abandoned by God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, felt abandoned by God at that moment. It seems that Jesus no longer felt the presence of his father. He no no longer felt the, the, the support of the father. At that moment, he felt abandoned by even his father. He felt all alone. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt that God has abandoned you? I've talked to people that felt like God walked out on them. Have you ever walked through such a dark valley that you wondered whether the Lord knew who you were? Whether he forgot what your name was? Have you ever felt that you were deserted and left alone by God himself? Well, if you've ever felt that, you're not alone. I think about the couple who loses a child tragically. They're serving God. They're living for God. And they lose a child. God, where are you? I think about the the Christian parents who, who have, you know, doing everything right and their children just go crazy. God, where are you? The missionary. He's out there on the front lines. He's out there trying to evangelize communities. And he gets imprisoned, tortured, abused, and some even martyred. Why? For serving Jesus. There are pastors that are getting voted out of their church because they're, they're stirring the waters too much because they actually want to go reach the community. Somebody decides, we don't need you anymore, votes them out. What's that pastor must feel like? The believer who loses their job because they're holding on to godly convictions and they refuse to cross the line and do illegal things so they lose their job. God, I'm doing this for you. There's many circumstances that we go through life that sometimes make us feel forsaken and abandoned, even by God himself. I think all of us at some point in some time feel feel tempted to say, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Listen, saints of God, we need to remember the cross reminds us that Jesus became our substitution. Jesus is our, the scripture tells us that that for three hours, darkness fell on the whole land. Mark 15, says at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Think about that with me. For three hours, the land got dark. What do you think that was? You ever wonder why darkness fell across the whole land? Well, I believe it's a picture of Jesus becoming our substitute. I believe the time of darkness represented Jesus taking on himself the penalty of our sins. It's a picture of what Jesus was doing when he hung there on the cross. Many scholars believe that that that's why Jesus felt abandoned by God. Because God couldn't look at His own Son while He took on the sins of the whole world. Habakkuk 1 and 13 says, Your eyes are too pure to look at evil. You can't watch wickedness. And many scholars believe that the temporary separation and abandonment that Jesus felt while hanging on the cross was because of our sin. Was because of our transgressions was because of our actions. For three hours, darkness was upon the land. Jesus felt all alone. The three hours of darkness reminds us that Jesus substituted Himself for the penalty and payment of our sins. He substituted Himself instead of us having to take on the all, our own penalty for our sin. How many of you know there's a price to pay for sin? There's a price to pay. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For God took the sinless Christ and poured into Him our sins. Then in exchange, He poured God's goodness into us. What a great exchange! What a great exchange! If you understand the cross, how can you not want to serve the Lord? If you realize what Jesus did for you on Calvary, how can you not want to worship Him? People that don't want to worship God just don't get it. But once they get it, they can't help but say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Jesus took the penalty of our sins. Everyone has personally abandoned or forsaken God. Jesus took the payment on himself. You know, it's hard to go through abandonment. It's hard to be deserted. But do you realize we've all done that to God? We've all done that. Do you realize that we've all done that to somebody that we love? With our words, with our actions, or our deeds? None of us are walking that perfect life. We've all done it. You may have abandoned or deserted or forsaken somebody in your family. You might be one of those husbands that walked out on your family. A wife that walked out. A parent that walked out on their child. You might be guilty of the very same thing we're talking about. But listen, no need to carry the guilt and the condemnation any longer. Jesus substituted himself for you. So you don't have to live under the guilt, the condemnation. You don't have to live feeling unworthy of the forgiveness of God any longer. Jesus hung in your place. Amen. Isn't that great? Colossians 1.13 says, God has freed us from the power of darkness and he brought us in the kingdom of his dear son. The son paid for our sins and in him we have forgiveness. You know, there are people, there are people, I talked to somebody this week, it's just the hardest thing for them to feel worthy of worshiping God, feeling worthy of serving God. Say, why do you feel that way? Well, because of the things I've done. Because of the lives I've lived, the people I've heard, And they live under the guilt and the condemnation of their past. And therefore, it's difficult and next to impossible for them to get close to God. And so they come to church, but they feel like they got to stand in the back of the crowd while everybody else worships God, while everybody else enjoys the presence of God. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you don't have to keep carrying the weight and the penalty of your past, Jesus substituted himself for you so that you no longer have to live under the darkness of your past any longer. Praise God, you can be forgiven, set free, and come into the light and enjoy the light of God's grace. Amen? You don't have to be in the back any longer. men. come up to the front. Come to the altar, amen, and serve God from the foot of the cross. Amen? Number two, three hours of darkness reminds us that Jesus substituted himself to heal our broken relationship and fellowship with God. It's our sin that breaks our our relationship. And so listen, you know, Isaiah 59, 2 says, "It's it's your evil, it's your sins that separated you from God. You know, I remember before being saved, in conversation I'd talk about God. And how many of you maybe can relate to this? And I would talk about God And I'd say, man, I hope the big man upstairs works on my behalf. Man, you better be careful. The big man upstairs. Have you ever said that? I used to say that. I used to refer to God as the big man upstairs. You know why? Because I felt so distant from him. I felt so disconnected from him. I felt like he was far away. And so I had no other, uh, no other, no other choice but to refer to him as somebody out there in, in the in the galaxy somewhere. And then I found out about salvation and about the power of the blood of Jesus and how Jesus was the substitute. He took the payment of my sin so I didn't have to carry the payment of my own sin and he bridged the gap. And man, I tell you what, once I accepted the gift of salvation and had my heart sprinkled clean, clean of the sins of my past, man, praise God, I don't refer to him as the big man upstairs, but I refer to him as Abba Father who lives right down on the inside of me. And I really enjoy his presence in my life. I sense and feel his love. Do you? You don't have to just serve God in a routine like, you know, just go on and kneel down and or, you know, sit down and pray, you know, and, and raise your hands and sing songs and and say amen and go home. And it's like you're serving this God that's just been formed in some kind of statue or something. And there's no life to it. My friends, that's not Christianity. The Christianity that the Bible speaks of is that you can be connected to God. You can feel God's presence. You can hear His voice. You can sense His love. You can feel a closeness to God where He, you can feel His very breath on your life. Don't settle for anything less. Amen. Come on. If you agree with that, say amen. Listen what Isaiah Or or first John 2, 2 said he himself is the sacrifice that comes from our sins or excuse me, that atones for our sin. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. You ever heard of that word atone? It means it means payment for damage done payment for it's compensation for your crime. It's compensation for my sin. And so Jesus paid the price. For the crimes of sin that I committed. And so when Jesus was hanging on that cross. My sins were up there. That darkness that came upon the earth. Was part of the darkness that I created with my own life. But when Jesus hung on that cross. He took that barrier away. And now I can have that sweet fellowship. And so can you. So can you. And finally his three hours of darkness. Reminds us that Jesus substituted himself to heal our hearts of the abandonment and rejection. Why was Jesus abandoned? Why did he feel abandoned? Why did he go through that darkness? You know why he went through that? For you and for me. That's why he went through it. Those who have been abandoned, rejected, deserted, have experienced a broken heart. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Listen, there are people that live their entire life broken, feeling rejected, feeling dejected, feeling unloved, feeling like a failure because somebody made a decision to betray them, to walk out on them. And they're living their life like that. But the good news is that when Jesus hung on the cross and that darkness came upon the earth, He took upon Himself our emotional hurt. Listen, I don't, you don't need to take a pill. You don't need to drink a a juice. You can go to the Lord and He has the ability to heal your broken heart. Isaiah 61 and 1 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up or heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Amen. And so listen, if you're walking around with a broken heart, if you're walking around still messed up because of somebody, some knothead of a person that walked out on you, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live in that state any longer. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You can be made whole. The Lord will put a salve on the bleeding of your heart, and all of a sudden you got a new lease on life. Amen. Isn't that true, saints of God? In fact, listen. Sometimes we start suffering in our body with physical infirmity because of an emotional broken root. Yes, sir. You've heard me tell the story. I have a neighbor that I believe died from a broken heart because of losing a loved one, a son, at an early age. Man, the power of the gospel is that when Jesus was on the cross, Darkness came upon the earth. There was a reason why it got dark. That reminds us of the ugliness of sin. It, uh, it reminds us of the devastation of sin. But it also reminds us of the power of the cross and the cross's ability to heal somebody. How does somebody recover? Whenever they put all their trust and their love in a person, and that person just walks out on them. How does a person recover from that? How does a person recover when they lose somebody that was so near and dear to them? How do you recover when people betray you, when people desert you? When people abandon you, how do you make it through those times where you feel all alone? i tell you how you do it. You do it through the power of the Lord. Amen. When Jesus said, my God, why, God, why have you forsaken me? That is not the end of the story. Had God forsaken him? Had God abandoned him? No. It was just a matter of time where he would be put in the grave and then the father would say, son, it's time now to enter into your glory. Amen. The darkness was for a season, but light came. And that light brings hope to every one of you and I that regardless of what we go through, regardless of what we experience in life, there's great hope for us. Amen. Jesus is alive and he came to to bring life to to the body of Christ. And so as a child of God, man, be set free today. Be healthy and whole. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. Come on, stand with me and let's close in prayer. Let's pray together. I want to ask you today. How many of you have things in your life that you've done that you're not proud of? Let me see your hands. Look around, see if nobody has their hand raised. We're going to pray for them. Right? Right? You know, saints, whenever we do stuff that, whenever we fall into the trap of being influenced to do things that are ungodly, they're evil, they're wicked, and we all fall prey to that. Once we've abandoned somebody, once we've betrayed somebody, once we've rejected somebody, that's not the end of it. That's not the end of it. Because there's an accuser that will stand on our shoulders. And remind us of the betrayal, the abandonment, the rejection, the desertion we've caused. And you know, there's no doubt in my mind that as many people as in this room right now, that I'm talking to somebody right now. And you know, the thing is, is that some people continue to live beating themselves up. And listening to the condemnation of the enemy. Saying you have no right to serve God. You have no right to have have peace in your life. You have no right to experience joy in your life. After what you've done, you have no right to enjoy life. And I'm here to tell you that when Jesus hung on the cross. He took your actions upon himself. Because he knew that you wouldn't be able to do it perfect. And he hung on the cross to take your sins. He hung on the cross so that you couldn't have to live so feeling so disconnected and far away from God, but you could feel his love. You could feel His grace. Listen, you know how you get through being rejected by humanity is feeling the love of God in your heart is feeling the affirmation and the love of God that fills your soul. And you feel warmth. You feel loved. You feel encouraged by the presence of God. That's how you get through it. Amen. But listen, you will never experience that until the guilt is broken. The condemnation is and all and your connection with God is restored. And I'm here to tell you that today is a day for you to be reconnected to God. Amen. Now, listen, I'm there's no doubt that in this room today that you can relate with what it's like to be kicked in the in the shin. You know what it's like to be punched in the gut where you get you get rejected and betrayed. And you feel like your insides are ripped out. And you feel like you have lost life spiritually. Come on. You ever been there? I know there's somebody in this room right now feeling that way. And I'm here to tell you it's the power of the gospel. I don't know how to say it better. I don't know how to say it clearer. But all I'm here to do is to tell you today that there is power in the cross. That Jesus became your substitution so that you could have a great life. You could have a free life. You could have an abundant life life you don't have to live under the sorrow of the grief of what you've lost of what what you've experienced praise god you can be healed you can be healed now just bow your head with me if that's you if i'm talking to you i want you to just raise your hands right now Just, just lift your hands And just say, man, I I can relate. I feel what you're talking about. And if you have your hands raised right now, slip out of the pew and come down to the altar. And I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you, believing for you. To receive your blessing, receive your healing. What does a child do when their parents walk out on them? When their parents reject? What do they do? They come to Jesus and Jesus said, listen, when your mom and daddy forsake you, I will take you up. Come on, Jesus said, I took your sorrow. I took your grief. Come on, I want you to, as you come this morning, I want you to just open up your heart. I want you to just, I just want you in your mind, I want you to just think of Jesus hanging on that cross this morning. You know, there's so much brokenness in this world. I see these young people coming up here. You know what it's like to be abandoned by their own parents. You know what it's like when you put your trust your hope in somebody. And they take that trust and they smash it. Listen, those of you that are up here, I would encourage you just lift your hands right now. Just receive the love of God. Just receive the touch of God. Praise you, Father God. Come on, just receive it. Come on, the love of God is coming down in this room right now. Not just for these that are up here, but all over this sanctuary. You guys can come and just lay hands on these. Come on. Jesus is going to heal your heart. heart. He's going to heal your brokenness. He's going to break your guilt, your condemnation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, just open up your heart right now. Just open up your heart and let Jesus... Come on, saints, pray with me. Father, we look to you today. God, we thank you for the power of the cross. We thank you for the power of forgiveness. We thank you for the power of healing, of emotional hurt today. And Lord, I pray today for you to release your grace over this congregation. Lord, may every broken heart sense and feel the affirmation and the love of Jesus Christ right now. Lord, come. And shower your people with your power. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen.